Welcome back to Tuesday with Tim, the podcast that touches on all things related to brain injuries among children and those who've been impacted by my son, Luke. Today, we have a very, very special guest, Dr. Mark Vandybrock. Dr. Mark is a grief expert with over 40 years of having to walk with individuals and families who've experienced death, loss, and trauma. He is the director of grief, loss, and trauma at Lutheran Family Services. Dr. Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for the invitation, Tim. Well, we have a lot to cover today, and 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 what people don't know is that that you have helped me tremendously, and I definitely want to get into that. But my first question to you is simply: How did you feel? At, at what point in your life did you realize I want to help those that have dealt with grief? Oh boy, that's it's a challenging question, Tim. I I think it's through uh, my own life's experiences and and having numerous losses, just to get an understanding. When I was growing up, there used to be a, a standard that you just kind of suck it up and get over grief. But I learned very early in life that the memories and legacies are really what's important to focus on. So through the, the research and through the understanding, um, I came to the conclusion that we've got to do things differently in our society. We have to challenge ourselves to be better at honoring the legacy versus trying to forget. I think our society really emphasizes move on, get over it. And I choose not to use those terms. Well, and you and you gave me tools, and that was what was so impressive to me is that the tools that you gave me and you talked about bettering myself and honoring Luke, and and that's something that, you know, I assume doesn't happen very often, and, and I'll always be so appreciative of, of those tools that you gave me, and you gave me an example, um, which I'd love for you to share uh, regarding animals. Sure. And it, the thing is, when we look at grief, our, again, as I said earlier, we as a society says, let's, let's kind of move on in it. And I, I have found that when we focus our attention, when we look at the gifts that our loved ones gave us in our life to put them on display in our heart, that is the most powerful thing we can do with our grief. We will always grieve our loved ones. It's a misnomer to think that we're going to forget. We will always know them and always connect with them. And I use animals as my teaching method. It's, I believe in this ministry that everyone grieves. Everyone deals with losses of some degree. But when we look at this, we have to look at how do we honor them? How do we keep their legacy alive? So the animals that I use, the analogy that I developed uh, a number of years ago is that the the turtle is a powerful animal and it's very sacred and turtles are very unique. There's many types of turtles, painted mud, snapper, you know, types of things. And there's a cousin, the tortoise, who lives you know, over 200 years, some of them do, but they're sacred because they're always in touch with the earth. They're always feeling, they're always sensing. And because of that, they tend to live a long time. And because they live a long time, they become wise. And with that wisdom comes wealth. But when storms come, turtles pull into themselves. 
And how does that relate to humans dealing with grief? We tend to pull into ourselves and hope it goes away. I can promise you the grief doesn't go away that way. So I don't want you to be like a turtle. The second animal that helps me teach is the bald eagle. Absolutely beautiful bird. It flies very high, one of the highest animals. It can see its prey from a mile away. It has a cruising speed about 100 miles an hour. It can zoom up to about 200 miles an hour. And they're very sacred in the indigenous culture. And they are considered to be messengers. And they carry our prayers from their, from their earth to the creator. But they're sacred because of that. And when storms come, per se, they actually take off and they fly above the thunderheads. And to me, this is a representation of avoidance. And so many people choose to avoid dealing with that loss. They'll be distracted. They'll find alcohol, drugs, you name it. I'll do whatever I can not to deal with it. And so... That's the analogy. I don't want you to be like that eagle because the grief will never move. It'll stay distracted. So the turtle isolates, the eagle avoids. But to me in my grief work over the years, the most powerful animal is the bison. Most people think of it as a buffalo. We have bison here in the United States. And they're such a powerful, powerful animal. Very nomadic they're very protective of their young and just Google it. There's a lot of dumb people that want to take pictures with them, but they are very, and they can run faster than horses. That's a kind of a cool thing. But the powerful analogy with that is when storms come, that analogy that storms come, they actually turn and walk into the storm. And that's where I have deduced that, that's the most important thing we can do as individuals is to walk into that grief storm. When you put that energy and focus and walking into it, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be tough. But I also promise you that you're going to find peace. So that's long and short of it where that animal analogy has come into existence. And it has stuck with me, I, I can assure you, because I have a framed picture of a bison and and I think about it a lot. And it is a reminder to not avoid and not retreat, but to go right through it. And and it's really helped me. And so I've always been so appreciative and grateful that you share that with me. You know, when it comes to grief, you had mentioned there's different types in, in whether it's a loss of a relationship or a job, uh, a family member. But in in many cases, those families that I deal with every day and much like mine, the first six years, and that is we were grieving a child who was still here, who right. was not the same. Um, how do you differentiate between helping families who've lost a child versus those who have lost what they once had, but the child is still alive? Sure. And I, I think probably the most important term to look at with that is a term that Dr. Pauline Boss uh, devised many, many years ago called ambiguous loss. And those is uh, a couple factors that you have the actual person living with you, but there, there's not a connection. There's not a uh, emotional connection. 
versus somebody that's absent, but you have a, a emotional connection, kind of two way to look at it. And when you have a brain injury, you have the presence of that loved one, but that psychological emotional connection is not there. So there's different types of losses that come into play. But that term ambiguous is, is a powerful term because that's what we go through. That's what we feel. It's like we want our loved one back. We have those hopes, those dreams, but yet we have that physical body there. And we're kind of at a loss of what do we do? How do we grieve this? How do we understand this? Well, and and for me, dealing with that very thing, we're six years Luke was, before the accident, was this athletic, outgoing, just special little boy, and then was not that way. Um, but he did understand through tongue movement. I knew he understood me. Um, but that grief was different than, of course, losing Luke. And and I'm going to speak to what I assume many parents go through, and that is dealing with grief in different ways. Um, Jenny would, was more devastated by his injury than by his passing because of concern of his quality of life. And I would like if you could touch on on that for parents, how to communicate those things, how to uh, better improve the relationship with each other, because that is the core to be able to help your child. Right. The What I, what I appreciate is in this is allowing yourself to kind of voice to i think the best thing is not to say anything but to be able to listen and i think that's what misses out with grief and particularly in a parent's aspect each of you are going to grieve that loss differently there's not a set patterns per se but if you allow yourself just to validate where each other is coming from, not to correct, not to judge, but to simply listen and to be heard, to be present, that to me is the most powerful gift you can give each other. It's not that each of you are right or wrong. It's just that this is where you're at. And from what you described, Tim, is that you know, Jenny grieved in one way you grieved in another way neither one is right or wrong but to validate each other that is what's more important and that each of you had a different relationship with luke even though they he luke was your son you had a different relationship with with him and that is very true i think also it's when you mention the word listen most men, unfortunately, they listen to want to speak as opposed to listening to just want to hear. But I also think, though, that if in my case, for example, I was someone who was open and wanted to communicate, but then what happened to Luke, I retreated. I became that that turtle. And, and so I think I would assume that you would agree that communication um, with your spouse or, or, or your children as well, because that, that what everyone I assume would understand is that you're not just affected by your, your child's injury um, with your spouse, but also with your children. 
And and that's such an important thing for me because it took me a long time to realize that they needed me as much as Luke did. Right. And it, and that's a, the misnomer with grief, too, is that it affects everyone. And again, your children, whomever, your wife, spouse, all of you have that connection. But we can get so focused on the the injury that we forget that there's other family members involved in our life. And those are precious gifts. And that's that's what we got to challenge ourselves to say, you know what? It's okay to say that I'm struggling, but I also want you to know that I'm there for you and I want to be a part of your life. And it's oftentimes I see, Tim, that people kind of lose themselves in that grief and forget that anybody else is around. And that, to me, is very important to recognize that there is support if we open our minds. You know, the one thing I heard uh, early on and certainly after Luke passed was that, you know, grief comes in waves. And for me, what I've experienced is not only does it come in waves, but you have no idea when that wave is coming and how big the wave is. Is there anything or any tool when it's the darkest day, when it's a struggle to get out of bed, when you're not motivated? Is there anything that anyone uh, could benefit from hearing? I, I, that's a very good question, Tim. I would challenge people to say, when you listen to your heart, when you listen to your child, for example, what would they be telling you? Would they be telling you to stay isolated? Would they tell you to stay in bed and not do anything? Or would they really challenge you to say, I need you. Get out of bed. Take a walk outside. Get a, get a different perspective. Don't get lost in the negativity of it, but focus on kind of the here and now and the gifts that that loved one has given you. It's challenging yourself to look at what they would tell you. Does that make sense? It does. And and that word challenge, you know, when you've mentioned that to me uh, on numerous occasions to challenge myself, and then you'd also ask me, what would Luke want? from for me or from me and and that was important for me because I didn't really think about that enough and that that is to me a very powerful message to to understand it's like really challenge yourself to say this is what my loved one would want me to be doing you've got to trust your heart and I've said this before Tim, is that our minds tend to complicate everything. Our minds complicate grief, distort grief, those types of things. But I always believe our heart remains pure. And if we truly focus on our heart, I always say that the longest journey you'll ever go on in life is the 12 inches from your head to your heart. Your heart will truly guide you. Again, our minds will distort it. My faith has kept me going, and although it's been tested, you know, since July twenty eighth, two thousand fifteen, but as you well know, I I had a, a breakthrough because I actually was able to forgive, um, and and that was so freeing. And 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 I've also been told uh, many many times that 
there's no way I can heal until I forgive. Yeah. And, and I know that there are parents listening today that need to think about that, whether they are angry at God, angry at what happened, angry at someone, angry at someone who's not reaching out because I had all of those and so yeah. many more. And that's, again, a very valid point. And I, I think I challenged you to really look at the, the forgiveness. Anger controls, again, and distorts. I base all my principle of grief work under a one word, and that word is Baratheon. And Baratheon is an old English word back in the year 310 that means to rob, to be taken away from. And what we deal with is understanding when we are something that's taken away from us, we we want them back. We want it back. And the thing is, we still can have them with us in our heart. And that anger clouds everything that we do. It clouds relationship. It clouds decision making. And when we get to the point, and it's not an easy thing. Believe me, but when we get to the point to not allow that anger to control us, then I can promise you to find peace and understanding. I think being angry at God is a very normal reaction. I do come obviously from a faith-based background, but I also, I think God can handle it, can he? He already knows what's going on. So he must be straight up and honest and say why, but not get lost in that anger because again we've been given the gift for example with Luke you were given the gift of Luke for a period of time what a gift isn't it what a gift Luke has been would we want more time absolutely but were we given the gift of those years with him that to me is the most powerful thing we can look at that's beautifully said, and it's it's something that that I have to remind myself every day. You know, when you forgive, you don't just forgive once. You have to remind yourself every day. The same thing applies to what you just said, that, that, that Luke was a gift for nine years healthy and for six more. And so at 15 years old, and you mentioned legacy, you know, keeping Luke's legacy alive and, and, and everyone that is dealing with some, some type of grief. Um, this applies to to everyone, doesn't it? It's it's um, yeah. Uh, you know, it is it's powerful. Um, I can feel really good, and one mile later, feel differently because of triggers. And mm-hmm. and and in closing, is there anything that you could just add that could be a um, a go to for anyone dealing with any type of grief? I think I would encourage people really to. So slow down and be present in the moments and, and look at the in the reflection of yourself saying, what is most important in my life? And again, we talked about that anger. That is where anger and guilt tend to be the most primary things that people feel with guilt. Don't get me wrong. There are many other things, but not to get lost in that, but to focus on the moments and focus on the gifts that we've been given. You and I both know we have no idea 
our life expectancy. And I don't want to sound negative with this, but every breath that we have is a gift. And every moment that we have with individuals is a gift. And if we can slow our minds down, slow our society down, saying, okay, let's focus on what we do have, not what we don't have. I think that's really the most important. Well, and I appreciate the gift that you've given me in, in helping me through these last six, eight, nine months. And and I hope this has been beneficial for those that are listening. And I can't thank you enough for what you do um, for others and certainly what you've done for me. So, Dr. Mark, I sincerely appreciate it. And I look forward to talking to you very soon. Thanks again. Thank you for the invitation, Tim. Thank you.